The hospitality industry is one of the fastest growing industries in an improving economy. There are new career opportunities popping up in restaurants, hotels, and travel. Get the inside scoop today. Welcome to the Hospitality News Network with Stephen Nicole. Our hope is that you'll look at this industry in a whole new light. Now, here's your host, Stephen Nicole. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first ever Hospitality Industry News Network show. I'm your host, Stephen Nicole, and since about May, I've been waiting for this day. So I've been actually on my tippy toes waiting for 12 o'clock to come. I'm so glad you could join in. The first show is about me. That's what the producer said. It's all about me because I got to introduce myself as your host, and I'm very excited to uh, tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, first of all, my name is Stephen Nicole. I was born in 1959. I live in Orangeville, Ontario, Canada. And I married with two kids 19 years last week. So there you go. Now, how I'm going to do this show is the first part of the show, I'm going to talk about the the early days when I was growing up. Uh, Just give you a little bit of background there so you get to know me a bit better. Then the second part of the show, I'm going to talk about the bartending course that I took. That changed everything. And the third part, I'm going to talk about all the things, uh, well, not just some of the things and what that bartending course did for me, as I hope uh, perhaps uh, I'll be able to give you some ideas about when you start out and take a bartending course, what you could do with it. And the last part of the show, I'll talk about this show and what my hopes are and why I think it's important to have a show like this on the air. So I want to start out uh, You know, I was born in Toronto, uh, 1959, which makes me uh, one of the last baby boomers. And I went to kindergarten in Toronto, Toronto, and uh, my folks uh, got transferred to Montreal. And in Montreal, I went to school from grade one to grade 11. Now, it might seem like I dropped out at that time, but in fact, in Montreal, You get a high school education, diploma, and grade 11. Growing up in the 70s, I can tell you one thing. It was exciting. I think, you know, you know, when you hear your parents say, man, I wish, you know, I never grew up in a better time than when I did. Well, I could honestly say that I never grew up in a better time than the 70s. The 60s and 70s, 70s, I was in my teenage years. I tell you, it was awesome. I was living in Montreal. We lived in a suburb called Lachine. And I remember the, the 70s was great. Montreal was fantastic. If you're a hockey fan, the Montreal Canes were winning the Stanley Cup all the time. You had the Montreal Expos in the baseball. And you had just the um, Expo 67. You had the National World's Expo- Exposition celebrating Canada's 100th birthday. I remember when I was, I was eight years old at the time, I must have gone there about I don't know, must have been a dozen times going on the rides in Laurent and seeing all the pavilions. And back then, the world was a little bit simpler. There was no internet, no uh, Facebook, no messenger, no cell phones and stuff like that. And I grew up, I played a lot of sports and uh, I played a lot of football. Football was one of my favorite sports. I, and when I was 10 years old, I won a championship and I was voted defensive lineman of the year. And I was 95 pounds. And, uh, you know, I was a big guy and, uh, 
I think our defense gave up six points that whole year. And we went unbeaten and we won the championship. And I actually, that was the last championship I won because from then on it got a little harder and I played on teams that weren't very good, to be honest. And uh, I always dreamt to be a football player. And uh, that was pretty exciting for me. And I thought I had a chance at it, but I was voted one of the best high school football players in uh, Montreal. I was invited to a camp run by the local professional team, the Montreal Alouettes, one of their junior teams. And uh, I was too late. I was 145 pounds. And, uh, you know, I just soaking wet. I, you know, I didn't have any power, didn't have any speed. So I had to give up on that dream. Really growing up, I didn't have any real focus on what I wanted to do in life. It was the 70s and it was like long hair and do your own thing. And, you know, everybody was doing their own thing. And, you know, I remember summer holidays in school and looking out the window, wondering what I was going to do. And it wasn't as intense as it is now, that's for sure. And so, you know, I remember growing up in the 70s as well, uh, just the time seemed to go so slow and everything was, you know, uh, really relaxed. And uh, when I got to high school and I started going through high school and then, you know, I graduated with my diploma in grade 11, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, the, my stepfather uh, had air passes. He worked for Air Canada, the airline, and uh, I used to do a lot of traveling with these air passes. And I remember going to Hawaii and, and Beverly Hills in California when I was about 16, 17 years old. And, you know, I really got the travel bug. And uh, we moved almost every other year, too, or every year on top of it. So, you know, uh, stability wasn't in my background as, at all. So when it came to, you know, uh, keeping a job later on, it was pretty tough to do because I always was looking for something better or something else to do. I got bored pretty quick. So what happened was in 1976, I graduated and in 19, I went to CJEP that year for the first half of the year, which is sort of two years before university, you take a course and specialize in something and it was business administration. So business administration, uh, I went to classes till December, didn't do very well. I was failing in that. And uh, I thought, you know, there's no point in doing this anymore. So a friend of mine and myself, we decided that we wanted to go to Europe in the summer, that following summer in June. And we planned a trip. I asked the folks, you know, I said, is it okay with you? And they said, yeah, as long as you get a job and pay for it yourself. And I said, okay, fine. And Back then, there was lots of jobs because uh, unemployment was low and the economy was thriving and and all that. So I got a job at Humpty Dumpty making $3.75 an hour. And I saved up and uh, worked there. And we went to Europe for 45 days. We went to France and Germany and Belgium and Netherlands. And it was West Germany at the time, Austria, Italy, you know, all over the place. And then I came back and uh, my folks had moved to Toronto, actually in a place called Brampton, just north of Toronto, and uh, which actually uh, Orangeville, where I am now, is just north of Brampton. So uh, just give you an idea, about an hour is north of Toronto. So anyway, I went from job to job to job because actually I tried grade 13 in Toronto and uh, I was dropping out of that. I wasn't doing very well in school. And I thought, you know what? 
I had a little bit of taste of money and had a car back in Montreal before I went to Europe. And I thought, you know, I'd love to be able to, um, you know, get back to work and make some money in that. And so I ended up with a lot of janitor jobs because manufacturing, like I said, it was huge at the time in, in Canada before all the jobs went elsewhere. And I was a shipper receiver. I drove truck. I used to make Maalocs, uh, Maalocs and antacid. I used to work for uh, a pharmaceutical company that made that. I worked on the Pace Line uh, in a wall covering factory, a, a wallpaper place. And uh, I used to do some sales. I used to sell stuff door to door, which was really good. I sold some combined insurance, uh, you know, door to door, business to business. And, uh, you know, it was great. You know, I was trying it out. But you know what? There were so many jobs I had. Some of the jobs I had, I used to go in there, have a cup of coffee. And if I didn't like it, I'd leave and go next door and and get something else. So it was really, uh, I really didn't know what to do. Uh, to be honest. Uh, and so, and I kept always looking for jobs. I kept trying different things. I took some night courses in accounting and electronics and car repair and nothing really interests me. So uh, it was kind of tough. I wasn't making any money too much. And, uh, you know, I, I was living on my own and uh, paying the rent and you know, you get paid every two weeks and it's gone. You know, you got a few dollars left to spend, uh, you know, to last you for a couple of weeks. And uh, so it was kind of tough. And um, then one day I I was checking the newspaper and there was a, and now I used to party a lot. I used to go to the discos. You know, in fact, all the disco, you know, you go to a wedding and it's like going to a disco back in 19. 19- 77 or 78 you know they play the same songs you know freak out funky town all those things all those songs so i used to party a lot i used to drink a fair bit like any other teenager does like you know when they're 18 and 19 and 20 and don't know what to do fridays and saturdays and then i saw this ad it was for a bartending course and uh it was 48 dollars. i remember and it was at McGill University in Montreal, uh, and uh, it was every Thursday for, you know, for like two hours uh, for four weeks. And what they do is, you know, you go to the cl- I thought, well, geez, why not try that? At least, you know what? If I don't like it, at least, you know, I, you know, try different drinks. So, uh <laughs> So I, I did that. I, I signed up for that. And I always tell people, you know, I never went to, you know, if they ask me if I ever went to university, I always tell them, yeah, I went to McGill University. Oh, what'd you take? Well, I took bartending. So that always draws a laugh. So it was fun. I, I sat around the class, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I started trying these drinks and I thought, you know, and I started making them. I thought, this is really cool. I can do this. So, um, you know, I, I used to br- buy liquor and, and uh, make actually my mother a few drinks just to try out on home. I thought, you know what, this is really something I can do. So, uh, well, we're actually, we're coming up to the first break. And I'm going to tell you what happened after I took that bartending course, how my life changed a little bit. All right. So uh, we'll see you at the other end of two minutes here. And... Uh, We'll see you uh, stick around because this bartending course 
unbelievable. What a course it was. And I'll tell you how I got my first job. All right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Do you love to travel? Do you love adventure so much that when you read about it, you cannot stop until you have finished? Most of all, though, do you like to read a memoir that is totally honest and doesn't cover up anything? The author just tells it like it is. Stephen Nicole's first book, You Only Live Once, will fulfill your wish. Whether you're thinking of a career in the hospitality industry or just want to read a personal, upfront, no-holes-barred memoir, this book will whet your appetite. Go to stephennicole.com to order your copy or email him directly for an autographed copy. That's Stephen Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-L-E dot com. A life coach, Stephen Nicole can be contacted to help you get what you want in life. 17 years from the time he took a bartending course, Stephen traveled around working in the hospitality industry, moving up the ladder as he went along, tasting both the bitter and the sweet. Along the way, Stephen rode the ebb and flow from the vibrant 80s to the turbulent 90s. Stephen found what his heart was truly looking for to begin a new chapter in his life. For a free intake interview, you can mail Stephen directly to set up a time at ssnicole, N-I-C-O-L-L-E, at rogers.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to the Hospitality News Network. We'd love to hear from you with questions or comments about the show. Drop us a line at ssnicole at rogers.com. That's ssnicole, N-I-C-O-L-L-E, at rogers.com. Now, back to the Hospitality News Network. Welcome back. I'm here to talk about the bartending course. You know, back when I took the bartending course, there wasn't as many fancy drinks as you see now. You see frozen concoctions, and you see, you know, special martinis and all that. You know, it was very simple back then. Uh, it was shots and beer, of course, you know, what you served in most bars. But, uh, you know, we learned Bloody Caesars, which is a Canadian drink actually invented in Canada. But it had just started out then. And the simpler, the, the drinks that were most common back in those days, as opposed to, uh, well, as opposed to uh, anything you see nowadays, were things like Pink Ladies or uh, Tom Collins. You know, that used to be made a lot. Or Singapore Slings, Rusty Nails, Stingers. And, of course, you had to make a good martini those days because the uh, lunch hour for most of the, uh, the, the, the business people back in those days was like two hours. They had an unlimited expense account back in those days. So they'd sit there and order their martini lunches and they'd be there for like two, two and a half hours before they'd go, go back to the office to do some work, which, uh, you know, I found it hard to believe they'd be able to do some work after that. But uh, I guess they did. But uh, I got this course. I got the bug. I got the fever because, uh, you know, I, I, I really, really thought it was something I could do well in. Uh, I never thought about it, and, and in, in fact, what happened was in the class, 
you know, I started a network with other people in the class, and there happened to be an owner of a, a restaurant uh, that uh, was in the class just to, you know, further his education in making drinks or whatever. Because some owners honestly don't know how to make drinks. But this guy was, uh, you know, he's pretty astute and a good businessman, and uh, he was learning how to make some drinks. And, you know, he offered me an opportunity to uh, try out bartending at his place. And at that time, I was a truck driver, shipper, receiver at the, uh, at a place called Roussel Laboratories. Uh, it's a pharmaceutical place. And, uh, you know, I thought, you know, why not? You know, like I say with most things that I've done in my life, like, why not? You know, just do it. You know, like it's, you know, I don't believe in coulda, woulda, shoulda. I mean, what have you got to lose? So I said, yeah, for sure. And he, he gave me his number. And at the time, I had gotten a job while I was taking this course at this discotheque at the Hilton Hotel. Uh, and I used to go in as I was a bar boy. And uh, I used to go in there on Saturday nights. I used to work in the discotheque. And I'm telling you, this place used to hop. I mean, there was the bartenders were just, you know, the sweat was just streaming down their face and you know, and, and the bars closed around 2.30 back in Montreal. And, you know, I'd be there at 6 o'clock and setting things up. And, you know, I'd be running for beer for them and cleaning, you know, empty, dirty glasses and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, I kind of like this. You know, I get a bit of a, you know, I wasn't b- big on going out to bars. Uh, you know, I'd go to the discotheque and stuff like that and dance or whatever and then go home. But, uh you know, this is where the action was, I thought. And I thought, wow, you know, and I was getting actually more money being a bar boy than I was uh, working in the uh, pharmaceutical place. So I went to this job. I tried it out that night. And uh, it was kind of funny because somebody had got sick and a fight broke out. It was happy hour. And uh, the guy asked me later, he said, how'd you like it? You know, I'm sorry about what happened. You know, it usually doesn't happen like that. And I said, I loved it. And he says, well, do you want to come on? And I said, yeah, for sure. So I, I said, I'll give my notes and it work. And uh, that's what I did. And that's how I got in the business. And uh, as it turned out, I didn't last very long in that job because uh, he had sold the job before I had my first shift. So when I went there, they put me as a waiter. And I got all the tables wrong and the orders wrong and everything else. But uh you know, I wasn't too worried about it because, uh, you know, despite the fact they let me go, I had this bartending course in hand and I was all set and determined to become a bartender. So uh, I started looking for work. And back in the 70s, this is 1979, there was tons of jobs. Like, you know, back then there was newspapers and there was evening newspapers and everything was in the Wandads. It's not like the internet nowadays and, you know, you got thousands of people sending in their resume. You could actually look in the want ads and see help wanted, restaurant, hotel work. And you'd call them up. They'd say, come on down because they were always short of people. And you'd go there, get a job, and uh, it'd be great. In those days, you know what? It was the pick of the letter. You know, the, you could have two or three jobs going at the same time. It was up to you. And uh, it was a cheap cost of living at the time. I had a room. I was paying $35 a week rent. I was living on my own. And uh, I was living, uh, working the discotheque uh, in Toronto and uh, actually in Brampton where I, I returned after Montreal. And uh, it was party every night. 
I mean, you know, we'd dance behind the bar. I'd be, you know, having a great old time and uh, just having fun. And, you know, it's, it'd be like, you know, after work, we'd all go out or have a couple drinks after work, go out and, you know, see the sun rise the next morning and then uh, think about going home, catching some, some winks before uh, I had to go back to work again to open in the afternoon. And it was fantastic. And, uh, you know, uh, it was, you know, the, we had, the money was rolling in and, uh, you know, I drive in a nice car and, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I was really, uh, I was really moving up in the world, I felt, and I, I was doing something I really loved. So anyway, then, uh, I got, I had a few jobs and by that time, you know, it was, you know, it was pretty good. The, the, it was going well. The economy was, uh, was doing really great. And then, uh, there was lots, like I say, lots of jobs. And then I started to learn how to wait on tables, which was really important at the time. And then the economy took a little bit of a free fall in 1982. I don't know if you remember the interest rates went up to 15, 16%. And, uh, you know, a lot of restaurants closed at the time and, uh, the job market dried up and it was just like, you know, things had changed since then. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, with the uh, job market drying up, it never really got back to w- the way it was back before then. Uh, you know, you, you still can find good jobs out there nowadays, but there's a whole lot of competition out there. And it's not so easy to find them. And, and uh, you know, this is why I think this, this radio show is so important because uh, we need a show about hospitality, uh, people coming on the show talking about you know, the opportunities that are abound in this industry, because I think a lot of people don't look at it as a career like I did. I really wanted to do this for forever. And, uh, you know, in the next break, I'll tell you a little bit about what I did, but, uh, I, you know, I just, you know, I, I just felt like I had the flexibility to do what I wanted. I was single. I could, you know, if I wanted to move from here to there to there, I could, and uh, a lot of a lot of the time, you know, it's not so easy to do that in a regular job. And the people you meet and the people I met, it was basically, uh, you know, it uh, replaced my social life. So uh, it was, well, I, I say it replaced my social life. It improved it because, uh, you know, sometimes when you're working at a regular job and you go home Friday and Saturday night, you know, or, you know, you got the weekend you know, you're, you know, you're planning on going out or, and this and that. Sometimes it's just, you know, there's laundry that's got to be done or there's shopping that's got to be done or, or some other thing that you got to do. Whereas when you're doing this business, you're meeting different people, you're working with different people and you're all having fun. And that's the main thing. If you can't have fun where you're working, what can you do? You know, you got to look for something else because, you know, you only live once. So, uh, I took a, a few years later on, I, I decided to further my education, and I got a. I took a home study hotel, motel, restaurant management course, and it took me two and a half years to do. You know, I would have liked to have gone to university or or whatever to take a course like that and, and specialize and, and get a degree doing that, but uh, there wasn't a lot available back in the late seventies. I mean, not that there, not like there is nowadays. I always say to people, if somebody wants to pursue a career in this, 
Go as high as you can, get as much education as you can. And, uh, you know, I worked in Switzerland a couple of years and I saw that, you know, people who went to a hotel school in Switzerland for a couple of years, they come out of there and they, you know, they could, uh, you know, they probably have learned another couple languages and they have the diploma, they have the certificate and they've worked in every aspect of the front of the house and back of the house during those two years, real on-hands training. And uh, they could pretty much write their ticket anywhere once they have that. So I always say, you know, like if you can, just, you know, go as high as you can, as fast as you can, as young as you can. And uh, don't limit don't limit your sights on uh, what you want to do in this business because there's a whole bunch of oppor- opportunity out there. I took advantage of the opportunity mainly because I wanted to travel. Uh, the money was good, but uh, I love to travel. And uh, I wrote a book about it, actually. Uh, it's called You Only Live Once. And uh, it's from 1979 to 1996 uh, when I basically lived out of a suitcase, except for a couple of years in Montreal. And uh, it was just sort of spontaneous what, I'd used, what I used to do. Like, for instance, in the late 80s, there was a show called Love Boat. And I don't know if you remember that, but uh, that was a great show. And, uh, you know, cruises were were coming into vogue at the time. And uh, I said, you know, why not work on a cruise ship? So I applied with my my, uh, hotel, motel, restaurant management course and and, uh, my bartending course. And uh, a couple of weeks later, the uh, I was hired to work on the SS Norway, which was the biggest ship in the world at the time the cruise ship used to hold 2000 20 uh, 2000 no yeah 2000 passengers i was 2000 or 2500 i'm not sure i can't remember right now but um i was a sommelier in the dining room and i remember you know serving the mamas and papas in my uh in my section I used to order dom perignon every day so my uh my percentages went up and i got a bit more at the end of the month than i normally would but that was a huge ship, a great experience working around the Caribbean. And uh, I think next break, what I'm going to tell you about, because we're almost uh, to break time. Boy, I'm really rambling on here. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my background uh, education-wise, because I always never stopped educating myself and a little bit about what I did to travel and all that. And uh, we'll see at the end of, uh, well, two minutes, I guess. Yeah. And... Uh, Stay tuned. I'll tell you some of the places I've been just because of a bartending course. All right. We'll see you soon. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you love to travel? Do you love adventure so much that when you read about it, you cannot stop until you have finished? Most of all, though, do you like to read a memoir that is totally honest and doesn't cover up anything? The author just tells it like it is. Stephen Nicole's first book, You Only Live Once, will fulfill your wish. Whether you're thinking of a career in the hospitality industry or just want to read a personal, upfront, no-holes-barred memoir, this book will whet your appetite. Go to stephennicole.com to order your copy or email him directly for an autographed copy. That's stephennicole, N-I-C-O-L-L-E dot com. 
a life coach. Stephen Nicole can be contacted to help you get what you want in life. 17 years from the time he took a bartending course, Stephen traveled around working in the hospitality industry, moving up the ladder as he went along, tasting both the bitter and the sweet. Along the way, Stephen rode the ebb and flow from the vibrant 80s to the turbulent 90s. Stephen found what his heart was truly looking for to begin a new chapter in his life. For a free intake interview, you can mail Stephen directly to set up a time at ssnicole, N-I-C-O-L-L-E, at rogers.com. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to the Hospitality News Network. We'd love to hear from you with questions or comments about the show. Drop us a line at ssnicole at rogers.com. That's ssnicole, N-I-C-O-L-L-E, at rogers.com. Now, back to the Hospitality News Network. Welcome back. It's Steve Nicole, your host of the Hospitality Industry News Network. And I left off with the SS Norway last break, uh, working on the SS Norway. I'll tell you one thing that, uh, that really uh, opened my eyes a lot. And, uh, you know, I lived in Montreal. I lived in, uh, in Toronto. I went back and forth. And uh, I ended up back in Montreal in 1987. And I ended up, I ended up taking a French course because I didn't know really what I wanted to do, uh, where I wanted to live. I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know where to live. Uh, whether to stay in Montreal or go back to Toronto, I was always flipping, flipping back and forth. So I took this French course because I thought, you know what, I'll take a French course. That way, if I stay in Montreal, I know French and I'll be able to work there all the time because I love Montreal. And so I took this French course and uh, I met this person while I was doing this French course. And uh, he says, why don't you go into an exchange between other countries, like, for instance, Switzerland? And I said, what, you could do that? He says, oh, yeah. He says, all you need, you got your course and everything and you're learning French. He says, all you have to know is one of the languages there. And then uh, you apply in this exchange and, you know, they help you find work in Switzerland in the hotel industry. I said, well, that sounds like a great idea. So I applied to this exchange and then I, you know, I, I, I phoned and said, well, listen, how do you find me work out there? He's, well, the guy said, well, listen, you're in, but he says, uh, you know, good luck finding work because all we do is put you in an ad over there and nobody ever reads this newspaper anyway. So, you know, you don't really have a chance of finding a job there. You're better off finding a job on your own. So what I did was, and I was learning French at the time, and I, I, I made a resume in French as best as I could. And I got the French part of Switzerland. I, got all, I went to the travel agency and I got a book. This is before internet. I got a book of all the hotels in Switzerland. So I said, okay, I'm going to, uh, you know, jot down these addresses and send out my resumes. So this French course took six months. And then after that, I had to basically find out, you know, whether I was going to work in Switzerland or whether I was going to plan on staying in Montreal. And I sent these resumes out. I sent 50 out and uh, I got 26 replies. And one of them was yes for the following February. And I thought, wow, what a great deal that is. You know, I mean, to be able to just find a job like that. Uh, I often say, you know, with the internet nowadays, uh, 
If you wanted to work in any country, you could. You could. If you wanted to work in Switzerland, you go on the on their uh, you know you Google fuel hotels over there where they have you know employment opportunities, and you send them your application, your resume out there, and just see if they're hiring seasonally, because that's what they do out in Switzerland. They hire seasonally a lot, like for nine months, and then you go home, and then you come back the next season, and that's what I did for two years. I had a fantastic time. I I was assistant food and beverage manager and. You know, I'd, I'd work hard and and go out every night, get up every morning, work hard again. And I'd be like three or four days off. I'd go to like, you know, Italy or France or Austria. And, you know, I remember one trip I went to uh, Innsbruck. I ended up, uh, actually, you know, Salzburg. And I ended up staying in a bed and breakfast just down the road from uh, Mozart's birthplace, which I thought was cool. I mean, I always liked classical music. So, uh, you know, that... Just one example. I spent two years in Switzerland. And uh, I guess the point of what I'm saying is that when I was in Switzerland, I went to one interview. And I went to this interview. uh, And I didn't really feel like going to this interview. And I went. And it was the other side of Switzerland, really. It was the other side of Zurich. And I was on the, I don't know, the east side or west side. And that was on the, you know, the opposite end. And it was like a four-hour train ride there, three different trains. And I went for this job for this cruise ship, Renaissance Cruises. They were opening up their first uh, ship, and they interviewed me in, in Switzerland. And because of the timing and all that, I, I didn't get the job. My contract in Switzerland was still going on, and their first ship was going out, and they couldn't hire me. Uh, but when you know it, two years later, uh, I applied again from Jasper, Alberta, where I was working. And uh, the same person who interviewed me two years earlier hired me for the seventh ship. And, uh, you know, serendipitous, but you know what? Everything is a hunch in life, you know? So you kind of got to go with, you know, some, you know, you got to keep your ears and eyes open to opportunity. That's for sure. And so I was talking, you know, just that person I met and doing the French course, and just that person I met, uh, or I went for the interview in Switzerland, and the person in the bartending course who took me on and hired me, and even though he wasn't going to be there, got my start in bartending. This is how it works anyway. You, you talk to people, you, you, you find out you know, what they do and this and that, or you go to a job interview. You know, it depends how open you are to opportunity. And I was a guy that, you know, lived out of the suitcase. Man, you know what? If you could fly me a ticket anywhere, I'd go. You know, that was the way I was. Like, I didn't let the grass grow underneath my feet too long. I got on that cruise ship and I spent four contracts. And actually, what happened was after the first contract, I had my mind set on doing a Cordon Bleu pastry course. So I did the Cordon Bleu pastry course in Ottawa, Ontario, and I worked at the Chateau Laurier at the same time, and I lived at the YMCA of all places. And then I went to London, England to do the advanced course, and I passed that. Uh, but then, you know what? I was a little bit low on money because, uh, as you'll see, if you if when you you know if you do get if you do read anything in my book, you'll see that I was broke a lot of the time, and a lot of the time I had some money, and uh, I ended up going back on the cruise ship. 
And uh, it's probably the best decision I made. I spent three glorious more contracts through on the cruise ship. I got promoted to maitre d'. And as soon as I got promoted to maitre d', I met my wife. And uh, she's from Iceland. And uh, it's it's just such a bizarre way in which we met. You know, I she left the ship because our contract sort of, uh, you know, coincided. Like hers was two months longer than mine. It was six-month contracts. And so I said goodbye, and then I came back on the ship, and she said goodbye. And then, you know, that was basically going to be your last contract. And then she said, well, I'm going to do one more time. I'm going to go to Asia. If I can get on that ship, I'll do another contract. I was waitering on, 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 on the ship that she left. And uh, then I got promoted to maitre d' to this other ship. And I didn't even want the maitre d' job. I was having too much fun uh, waitering. And we were going to go across the Atlantic to do uh, uh, head to Barbados and do the Caribbean cruises during the, uh, during the, um, the winter. Instead, they transferred me to this other ship as maitre d'. She ended up coming back on the ship on the same ship. And we had our first date New Year's Eve in Thailand in Phuket. And then seven months later, we're married. So, you know, it's crazy how life could be so quickly changed for you in a heartbeat. Uh, no regrets there. Love my wife. Got two beautiful kids, 13 and 11, smart as anything. Good kids. And uh, I'm living in Orangeville, Ontario. Some of the other stuff I've done, I've done uh, in 2006, 2005 actually, I got a sommelier diploma from the International Sommelier Guild. You know, back in the disco days, uh, you know, Blue Nun, Black Tower, Dinehard, Green Label, uh, those were about the only wines people used to buy. As long as they were a little semi-sweet, baby duck, that was about it. Nowadays, you got to know something about wines because everybody's into wines. And so I decided, uh, you know, 2005, I was 36 years old, uh, to take a take a sommelier course, and it took me two, two and a half years to complete. It was the International Sommelier Guild. I went through the whole thing. I, uh, you know, in the final exams, like five blind tastings of white, five blind t- tastings of red, you know, beers, champagne, you know, food and wine pairings, multiple choice exam, the whole bit. It was quite thorough. I loved it. I loved it. I used to buy balls, you know, I used to buy balls of wine just to try and, you know, distinguish one from the other. And uh, I got piles of notes here at home. Man, you know, I just love wine. And, uh, you know, if you've seen some of my videos, I don't profess to be a wine expert. Uh, certainly there's a lot of you out there that are much more in tune with wines than I am. But uh, I really enjoy a nice uh, glass of wine and and just feeling the mouthfeel in your mouth and, you know, the finish and, the, you know, the tannins and all that. I really love it. Getting back to my book, uh, my wife decided that, you know, I should write a book about all my travels. And it took me about two, two and a half years to do that. And it's chronological uh, from every job that I've had, or at least the jobs I was more than a week at. And uh, it took me quite a while to write that book. But I remember the jobs. I, I had to write the book because I was the only one traveling around with myself during those 17 years. I didn't have any relationship, really. So it was always like, you know, I was always just traveling around on my own, getting into all sorts of predicaments. 
And, uh, you know, I outlined them in the book. And, uh, you know, another thing I want to mention about the book is uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, my son was in Sick Kids Hospital. And uh, what happened was he was, well, we got back from Iceland from a vacation and, uh, you know, he wasn't feeling too well. And so we put it up, put it down as just coming back from vacation. So three, four days later, he wasn't feeling well at all either. And so we decided to take him to the hospital. He was throwing up in that. And uh, they found he had a bowel obstruction. And so we had to take him to sick kids. What had happened was, because we were wondering why did he have a bowel obstruction? And uh, what happened was is when they did the surgery, his appendix had burst about three or four days earlier, and he was fully toxic. And the intestine had muzzled the pain, because usually you feel a pain when you have the appendix out or have an appendix uh, burst. And so he was, uh, he was in the hospital for a month, and he had a hole in his intestine, and it was just brutal. And then about six months, about nine months later, he was back in the hospital again. They had to remove six inches of scar tissue from his intestine. And so from the previous operation. So uh, I try to give back uh, $1 of the proceeds, uh, $1 of what you buy a book for uh, goes to sick kids. And you could check how much uh, I've raised on waiterextraordinaire.blogspot.com. That's my website. And so, uh, you know, uh, that's one of the good causes I want to put toward. We're coming already to a commercial break. Uh, the next break, I'm going to talk to you about TV. I'm going to talk to you about this radio show and some of the guests probably that will be coming up very shortly. So we'll see you at the other end of two minutes. Stay tuned. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Do you love to travel? Do you love adventure so much that when you read about it, you cannot stop until you have finished? Most of all, though, do you like to read a memoir that is totally honest and doesn't cover up anything? The author just tells it like it is. Stephen Nicole's first book, You Only Live Once, will fulfill your wish. Whether you're thinking of a career in the hospitality industry or just want to read a personal, upfront, no-holes-barred memoir, this book will whet your appetite. Go to stephennicole.com to order your copy or email him directly for an autographed copy. That's Stephen Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-L-E dot com. A life coach, Stephen Nicole can be contacted to help you get what you want in life. 17 years from the time he took a bartending course, Stephen traveled around working in the hospitality industry, moving up the ladder as he went along, tasting both the bitter and the sweet. Along the way, Stephen rode the ebb and flow from the vibrant 80s to the turbulent 90s. Stephen found what his heart was truly looking for to begin a new chapter in his life. For a free intake interview, you can mail Stephen directly to set up a time at ssnicole, N-I-C-O-L-L-E, at rogers.com. You are listening to the Hospitality News Network. We'd love to hear from you with questions or comments about the show. Drop us a line at ssnicole at rogers.com. That's ssnicole, N-I-C-O-L-L-E, at rogers.com. Now, back to the Hospitality News Network. 
Welcome back. It's uh, Steve Nicole. And uh, I just want to say, if you missed the show, which you're probably, if you're still listening, uh, not missing the show, but these shows are archived on my homepage on voiceamerica.com. And they're also going to be on iTunes and tuned in and Stitcher as well. And if you want to get a hold of me, it's ssnicole at rogers.com. Uh, Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-L-E, is actually uh, from Guernsey. My grandfather uh, immigrated from the Guernsey, Guernsey Channel Islands in the middle of England and France. Some of the exciting things I've done, uh, just briefly, I've been on TV a few times. Uh, I used to teach bartending. I still do, except not as many people register as they used to. And uh, I was on Rogers TV here locally on a few shows and, uh, you know, ATV. And I did a CBC documentary on uh, customer disservice. And uh, I was featured on that show uh, as a waiter and being interviewed about, you know, uh, tips, you know, and what the customer is like nowadays and, and, and stuff like that. And I also have uh, a blog going on, waiterextraordinaire.com blogspot.com. I've been blogging since 2008. And I don't blog as much as I used to because I, I, I just find sometimes that, you know, I've discussed pretty much all that I wanted to discuss over 1,250 posts. But, uh, you know, I've got a good following on the blog. I've got a website, www.stephenthecole.com, where you can contact me and check on news and stuff like that and ab- about the book or about this radio show and so on. And I'm on LinkedIn, and uh, I'm on um, Twitter, and Stephen Nicole. And I'm also on, uh, uh, what's the other one, Facebook. And I have a book page, uh, You Only Live One Time. And uh, that's one of my beliefs, you only live once. So, hey, you know what? I know the title of the book is You Only Live Once, and everybody thought I was a genius because of the uh, acronym YOLO. I didn't think of that at all, actually. Uh, and uh, there's so many YOLOs out there, it doesn't really matter anyway. Uh, but it's true, you only live once. And, uh, you know, never do something that you don't want to do. Just do something that you want to do. You know, that's most important. My goal for this show is uh, to have guests on, which uh, actually I'm booked now for September and October on Mondays with guests, real interesting guests. We've got authors, we've got, uh, you know, uh, people who write about drinks. Uh, we got uh, we got a really interesting one coming up September fourteenth on uh, you know uh, working in the hospitality industry and some of the uh, pitfalls of working in the hospitality industry. I'll tell you more about that later uh, as I send you out information on it. Uh, we've got uh, beer beer featured. We've got uh, you know how to you know the whole. We got to have cruise ships to work on a cruise ships. I know somebody who worked on a cruise ship uh, who I worked with, and so he's been around the world. He's been so many places you wouldn't believe it. And uh, he's st- he left the ships ten years ago, and that's all he thinks about is is the ships because it was the time of our life. Really, it was just a fantastic time, a port every day. I mean, the, some of the places we went to. Uh, you know, uh, we were in the Caribbean, the Baltic, the Mediterranean, the Red Sea, you know, cross-Atlantic uh, travel. We were in Asia, you know, all over the place. And so, you know, that'll be an exciting show to listen to. But there's, you know, rather than just have one show, 
or one five-minute spot, we'll have guests on for the whole hour talking about what they know and, and, and their passion for the business and why they think it's a tremendous career. Uh, in this day and age where, you know, there's such a manpower shortage in this in this business, there should be people, you know, hammering down the door to try to, you know, uh, get, you know, to do it. Uh, we'll talk about some of the difficulties as well, I guess, in the business. You know, uh, you know, it used to be back in the seventies. You know, if you worked in the business, you were the only one who worked weekends. But now everybody seems to work weekends, so it's not a big deal anymore, which is a good thing. Uh, but this show will, I. I almost can promise you it's going to be enlightening, informative, entertaining, and we're going to have people on that are going to be, uh, you know, pumped up about what they do. And uh, I also didn't mention something that uh, as well was mentioned was the uh, the life coach. Now, I did take a life coach course uh, a few years back, and uh, I find that uh, many people have trouble deciding what it is they want to do. And because I came to... I went through a lot of things to decide what I wanted to do. And uh, I like to help other people decide what they want to do as well. So if you, there's a free intake session there where we go over about an hour, ask you questions about what it is, uh, you know, it's all set up for you. So, you know, I ask the question, you respond. If you're interested in doing that, you can contact me in ssnicole at rogers.com. And, uh, let me see what else. I work right now in a restaurant, uh, fine dining. It's a place called Terrace on the Green. It's here in Brampton, just south of here. And uh, some hours, uh, you know, some days I work the whole day. So if you email me in the morning, you m- I might not get back to you until I get home late at night. But uh, I'm very thankful that, uh, you know, I've got this opportunity on Mondays to do this show. And... Uh, you know, I've had their support, and uh, they're excited about it as well. And um, let me see. I'm running out of words here. What else? 13 years old, my oldest son. 11 is my youngest son. And uh, they're currently on a pool right now. So shortly after this, uh, this call, is, this show is over, I'm going to go to this pool. But... Uh, let me see. The Blue Jays are winning. That's good. I'm running out of things to say, but I want to tell you something. This show, tune in, have a listen each week, and give me your comments on what you think. And I know for sure I wouldn't, without that bartending course, I don't know where, you know, where I would have been, to be honest. I don't know whether I would have been like, uh, working in an office somewhere. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, I shouldn't. I, I for sure wouldn't have uh, seen as many places, done as many things. I've done crazy things like bungee jump in Thailand. You know, I did parasailing in Jamaica. You know, I've done, uh, done a whole bunch of things. And uh, it's just been, it's just been a blast. I'm 56 years old. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, in my 30s still. Give or take a few days where my back hurts. Outside of that, I'm pretty good. 
And uh, I'm just looking at my screen right here. I'm all, I'm all new to this. But that's a little bit about me and about uh, who I am and what I do. I'm a family man. I love my family and I, I just enjoy... I just enjoy being with them. Now, I'm going to wrap up now. September 7th, a week from now, this show is replayed because of Labor Day. September 14th, I'm going to have my first guest. And uh, it's going to be exciting. Thank you for your time. And we'll see you two weeks from now. Don't forget, if you want to contact me, ssnicole at rogers.com. You can go to my homepage, host page on voiceamerica.com variety channel. Email me with your comments. All right. Enjoy the week and we'll see you next time. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Hospitality News Network this week. Please join your host, Stephen Nicole, next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a good week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.